0: Hey guys, Young and Profiting Podcast has just launched Yap Society on Slack. It's a cool community where listeners can network and give us valuable feedback on the show. To join Yap Society on Slack, go to bit.ly slash society. That's B-I-T dot L-Y yapsociety. And if you're already active, share the wealth and invite your friends. This episode of Yap is sponsored by our friends at Rethink Creative Group. They're a digital advertising, marketing, and content creation agency focused on helping businesses of all sizes. They do everything from running your social media platforms for you, to building your website, running digital advertising, to producing podcasts just like this. We've seen their work, and trust me, they're awesome. They focus on generating results for their clients, which is why they've worked with over 100 different clients across industries in the past four years. I partnered with them because I'm always asked to take on freelance marketing projects, but I simply don't have the bandwidth, and they're the only agency I would put my name behind. So if you're tired of marketing that just doesn't work, you need to look these guys up. Up, go to rethink.agency/yap, and our listeners get a special gift if you sign up to work with them. That's rethink.agency/yap. You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. I'm your host Halataha and today we're speaking with Peter Jansen, a biohacking and brain hacking expert, radio personality and leadership coach who has changed over 1 million lives in over 20 countries in the past 22 years. Hey Peter, thanks for joining all the way from Spain. Great to have you on the show.
1: Hala, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it.
0: So you work with clients on a lot of different areas from biohacking to emotional intelligence to leadership to MLM coaching, which stands for multi-level marketing, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, What's the common theme in all of these elements? How do you link them in your coaching?
1: All right. It's all actually about one simple thing. It's uh, leading through emotional intelligence. You see, biohacking is being able to take control over your biological systems, right? That includes your mind, your neurology, and MLMs. Well, these are companies that are very social. They do a lot of social selling. And one of the things that's very important for them is to develop leaders within them. And everything has to be done through emotional intelligence because before the 2000s, leadership was not really about other people. It was a lot about the person who was leading. Hmm. Right now, we're changing things. Leadership has to have empathy in order for it to be transforming. That's why. So the one link there is leading through emotional intelligence.
0: Yeah. And emotional intelligence is such a hot topic. I think we'll touch on it later in the interview if we have time. So let's move on to some of these topics. You referenced a very old adage in a recent Forbes article. In fact, this quote has so much history and iterations that I couldn't find the author behind it. Hmm. I'm sure most of our listeners out there have heard a version of it, and it goes like this. Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. So I'd like you to talk about our thoughts. Could you elaborate on why our thoughts are so powerful and why you've spent a large portion of your life perfecting the way that you think?
1: Right. Well, for starters, i don't think we're ever going to get to a perfection the way we think Uh, (laughs) thoughts are very complex so we have between 60 and 90,000 thoughts per day now because of the way that the species has evolved this is important and it's important that we always start analyzing things uh, around us and it's really about 80% of these thoughts are negative Mm. They're negative because we analyze things around us expecting the worst. because we're expecting the lion to come from behind We're expecting a collapse of land. We just probably end up in a sinkhole or something, you know Uh, Expecting a baby to cry so we can go and save it or feed it Things like this. So we are always expecting this danger this negativity And of course now we don't have all those dangers, but we still have those thoughts We can't really control them. So Thoughts are powerful, especially if you are able to control them and direct them, point them in the right direction. That's the important thing right there. And the reason is because your thoughts do eventually become your destiny.
0: Yeah. So I think something that will really set the stage here is actually a very unfortunate accident that happened to you at a gym where you injured your head and you literally needed to control your thoughts to ensure your future. Could you just walk our listeners through that tough time? Tell us how that experience changed you as a person and why it helped you appreciate your thoughts.
1: So this was in 2005. I was in England, living in London at the time, and the cable crossover machine fell on my head. Now, If you know how a gym is set up you have mirrors everywhere so the trauma of actually seeing this happen to you is much worse than the actual blow itself but I saw the machine falling and I was helpless it landed on my head it cracked my skull it broke my l2 oh my gosh and in that moment I just thought oh how am I going to survive this and The moment I asked that one question things changed the moment I asked that question Automatically really very quickly. The answer was we well, have to stay awake How do I stay awake? Well, you need to do mathematical calculations So I don't know if my mathematical calculations were accurate or not if They were a stroke of genius or a stroke of you know randomness, <laughs> you know, we don't know but I started messing around with the Pascal triangle and Fibonacci sequence and all these things in my head. (laughs) And that kept me awake. And it kept me awake, but I kept on thinking other things, you know. And one of the things I thought is, how how am I going to use this later? Because I started getting bored of my numbers. And it was just, how am I going to use this later? How can I help people? My life has always been, since I was a little kid, about helping others, about transforming the world but at that moment it sort of just really hit home and when I started asking myself how can I use this and then how can I use this to help others things changed my business changed my life changed the doctors eventually told me that I was never gonna walk again uh, or at least not the same and I was never gonna read and write again but thanks to my thought processes and of course biohacking I was able to go from that to climbing Mount Keeley, climbing Mont Blanc, surfing again, skiing again, writing books and reading 1,500 words per minute. Wow. So I remember sitting there with the doctors and my mother was next to me. And when the doctors gave us the news, I said, I understand that this is what you experience in your day-to-day in situations like this, but if you don't mind, I'm going to choose my own reality. And I did.
0: Yeah. So in relation to that, you talk a lot about change and how you must take control of your thoughts to change. So how did you make all these positive changes? What was it that you did to control your thoughts?
1: I asked myself questions. And I asked them in the right way. It's as simple as that. The only way to direct your thoughts is through questions I'll give you an example you see somebody and you don't remember their name now you might have company and that's really embarrassing because you don't remember that person's name you know where you know them from you remember the conversation and everything but in your head you ask yourself one question it's oh what's her name so you're not able to introduce her to your friend and you say Alice this is uh," and of course they notice this right But we still try to pretend that they're not noticing. So we're still asking ourselves this question because now we're under pressure. And they might start a conversation and you don't even listen. You're completely in your head trying to think, whoa, what's this person's name? What's her name? And then (laughs) that person leaves. You keep on having a conversation with your friend. And an hour later, a day later, you all of a sudden remember that person's name. Has that happened to you? yeah so the problem here is that you ask yourself the question so you stopped focusing on the conversation that was occurring right in that minute and because you asked yourself that question your brain started focusing its power in the process of answering it now you might have forgotten about the situation but it's still working its magic in the background It's still occupying mental real estate. And then, all of a sudden, oh, I remember her name. And then you stop thinking about it. The same thing happens with songs and stuff like that. If that kind of thing happens to you, it's really good just to say, look, I'm really sorry, I know where I know you from, I know the conversations we've had, and I'm just really, really struggling to remember your name, and I'll probably ask you five times in the future what it is. So I hope you can accept that, what's your name Mm. because then it doesn't occupy that real estate and you can use your mind for other things but the same thing happens when you ask yourself a question when something happens to you so let's say something negative happens it could be anything just put it in your head like in my case it was that accident so think of a time when something bad happened and the questions you asked yourself if you ask yourself a question why me your subconscious mind is going to try to answer that question and it's usually going to justify why you So it's usually going to be because you're worthless, because you're not good enough, and all those fears come into play. But if instead of that, you ask yourself a question, how can I learn from this, or how can I use this, or how can this empower me? Then the same process will be used to find the answers of how you can use this productively.
0: So it's really about getting a clear head and a previous guest that we've had, David Allen on the show, talks about this a lot. He also mentions to kind of close these open loops that go on in your head, you've got to write everything down. So how do you feel about writing down anything that's going on in your life, your projects, your tasks, in order to just get them out of your head so you can focus?
1: I'm looking at three different Kanban boards right now.
0: Can you explain what a Kanban board is to our listeners for those who might not know,
1: okay. A Kanban board is an agile tool. So it's what we call a pool system. It's a board, like a whiteboard with different columns and different, what we call swim lanes. Now in the columns, you just basically, in my case, I have a get to do list. I don't say to do because I'm alive. I get to do stuff (laughs)
0: you
1: know. and then I have my doing done. And then after that. I just have define and measure, analyze improve, and, and control and update. And what I do is I put post-it notes of the things that I get to do. And I make sure that my post-it notes always travel from left to right, always. So every time I have an idea or something, I'll put it in my get to do, because I want to get to do my ideas. And I put them there. And when I get around to have enough, um, when I have enough time to do them, I'll just put them onto doing and I just do my stuff. When I'm done, that's great. They go to done. At night, everything that gets to done, I put into that define and measure column. I define whatever happened there. I measure my results. Then I switch them up to the analyze and improve one. And this is Six Sigma, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then control and update. Update because all my Kanban points are put into one system. I personally use Trello, but I put them into one system. So that I know, and my team knows what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, and I'm very transparent about it.
0: Awesome. And
1: leading through an agile process is kind of really cool and it's really easy to do.
0: Yeah. So staying on this topic, like I mentioned, David Allen talks about the concept of being present. And you previously mentioned an interesting statistic that we have 60 to 90,000 thoughts per day. 93% are repeated from the previous day. 93% will be repeated the following day. And out of all of these thoughts, 80% are negative, 50% are daydreams. And so if this is true, we spend very little time in the present. And so it's super important to know how to get focused and present and into a control and flow. State. So, what are your like hacks, like your concrete tips that we can do tomorrow to get into better focus?
1: Tell you one you can do right now. Sure. Breathe. If you focus your attention on your breath, you become very present because considering there's past, present, and future, when do you breathe in those times? You can only breathe in the now. It's as simple as that. My trick is to inhale quickly. And exhale very slowly so this is when I really need to focus in the now and I need to do it right this very second but I follow the Wim Hof method of breathing so there's different techniques that I'm happy to share actually you can find them on some of my Facebook lives I do a lot of Facebook lives about breathing Mm -hmm. and being present and it's really very simple because the slower you breathe, the more centered you are in the now. And The more centered you are in the now, the less chatter you're going to have in your mind. It's as simple as that. You want to get clear? Get in the now. You want to get in the now? Breathe slowly. It is as simple as that. Just breathe slowly.
0: <laughs> cool. Cool tip. And you have a thought routine. Can you explain what a thought routine is and maybe some elements of a really good one?
1: So first, get present. What I have is, I have a thinking chair. I have a chair over at my bay window and I use it for thinking. I don't use it for anything else. I don't even, I used to have a cup of coffee whilst I was thinking, I don't even do that now. It's just for thinking. I don't write, I don't listen to anything, I don't watch anything, I just sit there and think. So every time I do that, my mind focuses on my thoughts. I shape my thoughts and the way I do it is I have a couch which I just sit on or lay on and move around in changing my physiology to shape my thoughts. So I'm thinking about my thoughts and this is a unique human thing. Mm -hmm. Humans are the only um, creatures who can actually think about their own thoughts. And then I go out and I walk. I walk to stretch my thoughts. And that's very important because I want to think bigger and I want to think better. I want to think more and I want to think before other people do it. And then I write it all down. And what I think can be action or actionable, I'll put it on my Kanban boards. It's as simple as that. That's my routine. That happens every single day, no matter what. I wake up at five in the morning. And as soon as I'm out of bed and I do my little spiritual routine in the morning, I go and do that. That's it.
0: That's really interesting. So it's really about just taking the time to expand on your thoughts, to not just have an initial thought, write it down, have an initial thought, write it down. It's all about just like letting it sit there and stretching it out and just trying to get the most out of it, right?
1: It is. And I find that the physical space you do it in is very important as well. Because every time I look at that chair, I automatically start thinking. And when I have a challenge going through my head or, you know, that's just presented to me, I look at my chair. The process already begins just by looking at that chair. So the physicality helps.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, my last question on this topic is really about being a free thinker. A lot of my listeners, including myself, you know, work a nine to five. We work for the man. So is it possible to be a free thinker when you have a day job?
1: This is the beautiful thing about thinking. You're always free to think what you want. We, we're not living in a total Orwellian world. We're not in his novel of 1984. We don't have thought police. You can be a free thinker, but you need to free yourself. So you can do that. And this is a difficult thing. You need to understand that you need to separate yourself from everybody else. Meaning, your thoughts could be thoughts that have been created because of what your family has told you, what your friends have told you, You know, your upbringing, your schooling, the system you live in, the country you live in, the culture you live in, religious beliefs, and so on. Now, it's difficult to get objective with all these things happening. And the way you free yourself from it is you look at the situation. And a situation is just that. I want to put this very clear for everybody. It's very simple. A situation is not a sentient being. It does not care if you're upset. It does not care if you scream at it, shout at it, or anything. Free yourself from the situation. What you do is you look at it. You physically write down the situation you're in you put it in front of you and then you just extract yourself from the equation as much as you can it takes practice it takes time but once you learn how to free yourself from the situation then you need to learn how to free yourself from fear and that I would recommend a book called the book of five rings by Miyamoto Musashi where he says that the way of the warrior is generally speaking The Resolute Acceptance of Death. I know this is a bit dark, Mm. but it is beautiful because this is one thing that unites humanity. If you're alive today, eventually you will not be. This is why we have to be present. But if you're able to confront this reality, you're able to confront one of the biggest fears you'll have, the fear of no longer existing. And when you do that, you freed yourself from those fears and you start realizing that fear is pretty much the only thing which gets smaller and smaller every time you get closer and closer to it and the more you're exposed to it. Once you're free from the situations and you're free from fear, you can go ahead and be present and think and grow your thoughts, expand your thoughts. and It's important to share your thoughts. It's very important to do that because your thoughts are going to be difficult to land unless you share them and somebody else comes in and gives you some feedback on it. You grow that way.
0: That's very powerful. So many takeaways on this conversation of thoughts, but let's switch gears a bit. I was poking around your website and I noticed you offer biohacking services, and this helps people take control of their biological systems and optimize their life. The term biohacker has been around for about a decade and has become somewhat of a marketing buzzword that's slapped on everything. So what's your exact definition and how is it different than something like self-improvement? We got a super cute bungalow in Venice Beach with a fenced backyard. The change in scenery, the fresh air, and the slower pace to help me to inspire some really cool new ideas for my business. And honestly, I'm feeling really refreshed and ready to rock in 2024. And who helped me make these remote work dreams come true? It was Airbnb. And Airbnb has come in clutch for me time and time again. Whether it's finding the perfect Airbnb home for our three-day annual executive team get-together or booking a vacation where my extended family can fit all in one place, Airbnb always makes it a great experience. And you know me, I'm always thinking of my latest business venture, and I've been begging my boyfriend to start hosting our place on Airbnb. And finally, we're going to start. So many of my successful friends host on Airbnb, and it's such an amazing way to generate passive income. So to start, we have a plan to start spending more time in Miami and we'll be hosting our place to earn some extra money when we're back on the East Coast. 2024 goals, and I'll keep you updated. A lot of people don't realize that they might have an Airbnb right under their own noses. I was pretty surprised myself. You can Airbnb your place or spare room, even if you're out of town for just a few days or weeks. You could do what I did and work remotely somewhere else and Airbnb your place to fund your trip. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host to find out how much your home is worth. Yeah, fam, I want to talk about focus. When I started my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass, I needed to focus on creating the best course possible. I didn't have time to worry about how to set up my website and collect payments, and that's why I set up my store on Shopify. Launching YAP Academy through Shopify was one of the best decisions I've ever made. We made nearly $500,000 so far. And since I sell a course, that's pretty much pure profit. Are you ready to be young and profiting too? Then launch your business with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're a side hustler, new entrepreneur, or rocking a multi million dollar business. And it doesn't matter if you're selling scented soap or a marketing masterclass like me, Shopify helps you sell anything, anywhere from their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system. And when it comes to e-commerce, Shopify turns online window shoppers into actual buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. We're talking 36% better on average compared to other platforms with features like abandoned cart campaigns, discount promo codes, and so much more. Fun fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, including huge brands like Thrive Cosmetics and Allbirds. No matter your stage, no matter if it's online or in person, Shopify is always the right commerce platform for you. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting, and that's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Yeah, fam, I did a big thing recently. I rolled out benefits to my US employees. They now get healthcare and 401ks. And maybe this doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but it was surely. A big deal to me because benefits were like the boogeyman to me. I thought for sure we couldn't afford it. I thought that it was going to be so complicated, so hard to set up, lots of risk involved. And in fact, so many of my star employees have left in the past citing benefits as the only reason why. And here I was thinking that we couldn't afford benefits when it's literally not that expensive at all. And you actually Split the cost between the employee and the employer. I had no idea. I found out on JustWorks. JustWorks has been a total lifesaver for me. We were using two other platforms for payroll, one for domestic in U.S., one for international. We had our HR guidelines and things like that, employee handbook on another site. And everything was just everywhere. Now everything's consolidated with JustWorks, a tried and tested employee management platform. You get automated payments, tax calculations, and withholdings with expert support anytime you need it. And on top of that, there's no hidden fees. You can leave all the boring stuff to JustWorks and just get to business. And with automatic time tracking, it has made managing my international hires a little bit more soothing for my soul that I know that they're actually working and they're tracking their time. I mean, it's really hard to manage remote employees. It's easy to get started right away. All you need is 30 minutes. You don't even have to be in front of your computer. You can just get started right on your phone. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Start your free month now at justworks.com profiting. Let JustWorks run your payroll so you don't have to. Start your free month now at justworks.com profiting.
1: In my opinion biohacking is part of self-improvement because at the end of the day you are improving yourself it is taking control of your own biological systems of your neurology your digestive system etc we have many systems and that's the thing and hacking is basically just having access to it where you normally don't so there are tools for it but generally speaking biohacking is just taking responsibility of your own biology. That's it. And that is part of self-improvement.
0: Cool. So if I have this right, biohacking is just a crazy sounding name for the desire to be the absolute best version of yourself. And the main thing that separates a biohacker from the rest of the self-improvement world is a systems thinking approach to their own biology.
1: Yep. That's
0: a pretty good one?
1: Spot on. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what's an example of a biohack?
1: Breathing. The breathing thing is a good one. The different techniques for breathing. Those are very basic. They're very simple. Another one would be, for example, one of the ones I do is I filter my water. So I always have two glasses of water before I do anything. Mm-hmm. So It's right next to my bed, and I'll just grab those two glasses of water as soon as I wake up. But those two glasses of water, the previous night, have been infused with ozone. So, this purifies the water, it's alkalized, and it's good. And it's a very small biohack. It doesn't require a lot of stuff, but, you know, it's just such a simple one. And you can actually think of meditation and breathing techniques as a biohack. You can also look at things like, for example, just taking the right vitamins, the right nutrition. As biohacking Mm. it's a buzzword yes no doctors are really involved in this process unless you are like me and I actually uh, have a whole bunch of doctors I talk to I check my blood all the time I have MRI scans and everything just because I want to know that what I am doing is actually optimizing my biology and my neurology Mm. Mm. then you don't really need doctors to do it you just need to do it responsibly
0: Cool. Well, I'd love to, as we go on, uncover some of the things that you do to biohack yourself. Mm -hmm. There's so many different aspects of biohacking. So for the purposes of this interview, I really want to focus on the brain. So brain hacking is essentially improving one or more brain functions, including memory, focus, mood, energy, and the list goes on. So can you give us your most effective brain hacks?
1: Okay. My most effective brain hacks. Number one, I use frequencies. I developed my own bineural frequencies. I actually use a very interesting database that's out there, which establishes Schumann's resonance. Schumann's resonance is basically the, the, the frequency of planet Earth. So every single astral body has a frequency and it's dictated by its mass and its gravitational pull. In the case of planet Earth, the magnetosphere and solar flares and so on. And I look at Schumann's resonance every day. And I alter my frequencies so that when I put them on, I ground myself to exactly the frequency the planet is in today. Now the U.S. Geological Service has a database for this. It's a bit complicated to use it. Another institution that monitors it is the U.S. Navy. So it's really scientific and it's really cool, but mine is updated automatically. So all my frequencies are updated automatically, and so every day I will be at Schumann's resonance when I have to start doing my thinking. And then I can change my frequency depending on what I want my brain to be doing, what state I want to be in. So, if I really want to focus, I'll get a focus frequency that is based on that resonance. And if I want to set myself up to do some sports, I'll have a sports frequency that helps me create the right mental attitude towards the sport that I'm doing.
0: So how do you get to the frequency? Is that something that you're controlling yourself? Or do you have like some sort of tool that helps you do that?
1: So I have software that I created at one point when I was very bored. (laughs) And uh, I'm a really big geek. I have to tell you that, you know, I like coding and stuff like that. But I was really bored and I thought I'm gonna do this because I know what the frequencies do to me so I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this to another level so I just created that piece of software myself and it works brilliant and it's it's worked since uh, 2006 you know that's one of the that's one of the ways I recovered from my from my injuries Wow and actually it's just really cool It's a really cool piece of software that just creates what I needed to create for my brain. And then all I do is I put it onto my Dropbox and I just created a thing where it just automatically updates it. And I'll listen to it from my Dropbox so I know I'm always going to have my accurate frequencies. And I'll put earphones on and I'll just be doing whatever I'm doing and plugged into my iPhone and that's it.
0: So it's just like sound waves or something that you're listening to and it changes your brain frequencies. I'm just trying to understand what it is. That's right. Oh, okay.
1: Yep. And it's very simple. One earphone will have one frequency, and the other one will have another. And it's the difference of those two frequencies which creates that beat Mm. that you really need to listen to to be able to put yourself in the states that you want to be in. But this one is just really controlled and automated. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, very cool. So what are your thoughts on nootropics or supplements designed to improve cognitive
1: function? Okay, so we're going to get controversial. (laughs) I personally love them. I think nootropics are <laughs> the world's best kept secret, seriously. Yeah. Um, hey, look, coffee's a nootropic, so it's green tea. So let's not be so afraid of it. The thing is, there are nootropics out there. Let's talk about the basic ones, the low end ones like paracetam that will improve cognitive function. Sometimes it's difficult to get them. There are some commercial brands out there that are just making a killing out of it and they have nothing. They really have nothing. Most of the commercial brands out there, when I've tested them, they really do very little.
0: Mm.
1: But, and this is my favorite one. My favorite one is called CMAX and it's Russian, actually. And it was patented by the Soviet Union government and was developed to help cognitive function in It's a neuroprotector for cosmonauts for what (laughs) cosmonauts okay so cosmonaut is an astronaut but from russia okay yeah so that's what it was designed for it was designed in the 60s but now we see that this is one of the only drugs that it has no side effects but it actually repairs damage from even strokes wow it repairs the damage. Of course it's not commercially available outside of Russia. but in Russia it costs something like the equivalent of 15 to 20 dollars for a whole month. Wow. That's my favorite nootropic. I have to protect my neurology because of the brain damage created by my accident and other things that happened afterwards. And I've been experimenting with different things and I've been testing them. With help of doctors, and I found that this one, for me, is the best one, and it really helps my cognitive functions. It really does.
0: Very cool. So I had assumed that nootropics might pose serious side effects, but actually I was digging deeper and there really aren't any major ones. I saw like insomnia or stomach pain. So you mentioned previously it's the biggest kept secret. Why aren't more people doing this?
1: because they just don't know about it. And they don't know about it because there's no commercial effort to do it, because there's no business in it. Not really, I mean, yes, the commercial brands do it. They cater to biohackers mostly, and to millennials who are very interested in biohacking and very interested in cognitive development. But really? Pharmaceutical companies produce them. They really do. They're not expensive, but you need a prescription for them. You need a prescription for them because usually they're used for things like seizures. But they're much cheaper than regular neuroprotectors that we see in the market. So if you have a neuroprotector, an anti-epileptic, for example, that might cost, I don't know, $20, $30, $40. Sometimes you'll have a northropic that costs 2 or $3. But it does the same thing. So where's the business at? that's the situation you know I don't want to be too controversial but pharmaceutical companies don't have clients don't have end users they have subscribers yeah so the moment you get sick from one thing you get some medication and you're gonna have to be using this medication for X amount of time and that medication is going to cause a problem so oh we've just upgraded to your subscription (laughs) you know yeah so biohackers we try to get away from that and we try to take control ourselves So we usually look at things that will not damage us.
0: Yeah. I find this all really fascinating. I was looking up this nootropic called Uridine, and it improves memory, fights Alzheimer's, depression, relieves pain. It sounds like a miracle, but I noticed that you have to buy companion and nootropics like omega-3 for it to work. Can you explain what stacking is to our listeners?
1: Okay. So... What I do for for stacking, basically, it's this. I make sure that I take something, a nootropic, for example, in the minimum quantity possible. And whatever support mechanism I need for it as well. So I like omega-3s, but omega-7s are better. It's just just not as commercially available. Mm -hmm. And what it will do is it will help the nootropic break the blood-brain barrier. But it will help protect your neurology as well. So it it depends on what nootropic you're using. And then once you have the minimum dose and you see it's not affecting you, you double that. Up until the point where you see that there's a notable result. Where you can notice it and it's stable, then that's great. And you need to see that there are no side effects to it. This is why we stack it up little by little. It's a very important thing. You don't just say, oh, okay, you know what? I need, to, I need to study a lot tonight. I'm going to pull an all-nighter, and I'm just going to fill myself with nootropics." That's not responsible, and that's not cool, and it's not good for you. Hmm. Some nootropics, like, for example, peracetam and a few others, will drain your hypothalamus. And so you need something to balance that out, because if not, you're just going to feel very tired. And it's really difficult to feel really tired and not be able to sleep at the same time. So don't mess around with it.
0: Yeah. And I bet there's a lot of documentation because I think there's a lot of people out there really passionate who have already kind of come up with these concoctions that work. So if you're interested, just do some research on brain hacking and nootropics. Let's spend time on the gut to brain connection. We recently had billionaire Naveen Jain on the show, who is the CEO of Viome, a company that offers gut health checks and recommendations on the foods to eat. Can you explain what nutrigenics are and how your food impacts your brain?
1: Okay, so there's a difference between nutrigenics and nutrigenomics. Mm. Nutrigenomics is basically the nutrients that you give your DNA and nutrigenics is the nutrients your DNA requires. So it depends what side you're looking at it from. Now, if you're looking at it in terms of gut health and brain health, yes, the intestine is actually our second brain. There's a lot of neurological connections from our brain to our intestine and to our heart as well. So the way I see it, we have three brains we need to start learning how to think from, and we need to balance these out. So the gut, we balance through eating the right things and maintaining a really good gut balance in terms of the right probiotics, the right nutrients, the right fibers, soluble or unsoluble fibers, uh, the right hydration and so on. And there's people out there who say, and I agree with them, that death begins in the gut. Yes, but so does the healing of pretty much every disease. And I'm not going to say every single one of them, but pretty much every one begins to start healing it from the gut. Now, if you use nutrigenomics for this, you are essentially giving the right nutrients to your genetic code to turn on or off a genetic expression. That's all it is. It's a switch. It's a binary system. A genetic expression is either on or off. If you, for example, want to rejuvenate, well, then you activate the nerve 2 If you want your mitochondria to work better, then you activate the nerve one and you do these kinds of things. Of course, if you do both, you're sort of balancing it out. and It's all about that balance. It's still quite new. And there are tests that you can have done. And before, when I started taking them, they were, well, I live in Europe, so they were 1,200 euros, which at the time was like $1,500. Hmm. And now you can get it for like 100 or $200, something like that. I know there's companies in the US and in India who have really great services and you basically just send a saliva sample and they'll have everything for you. And it'll tell you things like what you can eat, what you can't eat, what you shouldn't eat, what you should eat. And it can tell you also what illnesses you might get because of your genetic makeup. Yeah.
0: yeah very cool. So one of the more trending concepts in biohacking is called rewilding. And people are calling this the ultimate form of biohacking. And it's all about returning to a more wild or self-willed state and undoing domestication. So can you just explain why people are doing this and what are some examples of rewilding?
1: Why we're doing this? If you prescribe to the theory of evolution, We have been in this exact same state for about 250,000 years and it took millions of years to get us there. And do you really think that in the past sort of like 50, 60, 70 years, we've evolved to eat fast food? No. Yeah. Or to eat synthetic molecules? No. We haven't, not really. So rewilding is, it's awesome because you're basically going back to what your body is is meant to be doing, what it's meant to be eating, how you're meant to take a shower. This is why I keep on mentioning Wim Hof and Tim Vanderfleet, because these guys are geniuses of that one. I don't know if you ever heard of the Iceman.
0: No, but I'd love for you to talk about it.
1: So this is Wim Hof and Tim Vanderfleet. I love them, especially Tim Vanderfleet. Him and I, we do a lot of work together. It's all about breathing and cold training. And Before, we never used to take showers with hot water, because there was no hot water to take a shower with. So people would just jump in a lake, jump in a river, jump in a pond to wash themselves. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that cold water is fantastic for the body. It's great for the skin. It's great for vasodilation, for cardiovascular health, for neurological health, for muscle tonality, to activate brown fat. It's really fantastic. So one of the things I like to do is go back to that. So I never take a hot shower or even a warm shower. Even when I'm in Moscow, Wow. I don't do it. I just don't. Cold water all the time. I swim. I live about, what is it, 100 yards from the beach? And even in wintertime, I'll go out and swim. I'm the only crazy guy out there swimming, but I'm out there swimming and I'm enjoying it. And this really is going back to that wild self, that not just undomesticated version of us, but that wild, free version of us that our biology is designed to be. You know, we're not designed to sit in the couch watching a movie. We're not designed for that. It's nice that we're able to do it, but we're not designed for that. And the more you do that whilst you eat food that you're not designed to eat, well, the more trouble you're going to get into. It's as simple as that. It really
0: is. Young and profiters, my company, Yap Media, is growing fast. We're onboarding client after client. We're landing a ton of huge deals. And my team just can't keep up. I knew we needed to hire new employees to support my team, but I didn't want to waste my time sifting through candidates who aren't good fits for my company. That's why I use Indeed, the ultimate hiring platform. Indeed makes it easy for me to find great talent fast. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality candidates compared to other job sites. And I don't have to spend hours looking for these great candidates. Indeed's matching engine sends me a list of quality candidates who meet my job requirements the moment I post a job. I can also message candidates, screen their profiles and resumes, send them skills assessments, and schedule interviews with them all from Indeed. It's really an all-in-one platform. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to give your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash profiting. Just go to Indeed.com slash profiting right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash profiting. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and profiters, AI is changing how we do business. At Yap Media, we use AI to do things like create AI voice models of my voice in case I get sick. And we also use it for basic things like transcribing captions and our meetings. This AI and algorithm-infused world is awesome, but it does dramatically increase all the choices and decisions we have to make in business on a daily basis. Everything is just so much more complex than it used to be. We have to be sure to analyze our data to make the right decisions while also avoiding assumptions and cognitive bias. Ultimately, we all could use some better critical thinking skills moving into the future. And we can look no further than to Economist Education. They just rolled out a new critical thinking course, but it's different from other programs out there on the topic because they focus on today's AI environment and they use real case studies that help you challenge your narrow views and avoid groupthink. Economist Education has two to six week online programs covering everything from international relations to writing and sustainability and they're made specifically for executives and entrepreneurs. Their programs feature experts and senior editors from The Economist. Actually, one of my favorite authors, Daniel Kahneman, who wrote Thinking Fast and Slow, is one of the guest speakers in the critical thinking course that I just took. When you sign up for one of their programs, you also get a three-month digital subscription to The Economist to support your learning. Economist education is a great way to stay ahead in your career, and I've got a special offer to get you started. Get 15% off any course from Economist Education only available by going to my exclusive URL, education.economist.com profiting. That's education.economist.com profiting. And enter my code profiting at registration. This offer ends March 31st. So don't wait. For 15% off, go now to education.economist.com profiting and use code profiting at checkout. So how about your food? Do you suggest that we eat meat? Should we eat raw foods? Like, What's the food look like in this rewilding concept?
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so for me, I can only speak for me because every single power hacking process is individual, right? It's all about you and how you find things. For me, this has been the toughest one. I've gone through everything. I've gone from being a raw vegan which was probably my favorite stage, to paleo, to vegetarian, to macrobiotics, and I've just been trying to find the best uh, that I can take to optimize who I am. Until I really realized that who I am is also a question of values and principles. So that's why I can't really tell you what the best thing is, because it depends on your values, your principles, your own biology, your own preferences, and what you want to achieve. In my case, I used to love eating meat, really. I love the taste of it, it's fantastic. Unfortunately, it's not the best for my value system. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I love the environment. I love it so much. I love planet Earth and I'm very aware that we need this planet more than it needs us So I don't say I don't eat any meat. I do I just keep it to a bare minimum and I make sure it's as sustainable as it can possibly be I don't do it because I might be hurting an animal or something that had a face I don't do it for those reasons And I know a lot of people do and that's great and that's fantastic Do it for those reasons. I do it because we all live in this sphere, and I want to take care of it, and I want to do my part. My part is only a small part, but I'm not going to refuse to do that which I can do, even if it's only me. Yeah. So for me, it's been a balance. I know I feel great physically if I eat meat, and now here's a shocker: if I eat raw meat, I feel even better. Wow. And I love it, and I've had it since I was a child, and that's probably why. I grew up in Mexico and Texas in Mexico. My grandparents would give me raw meat and I would love it. I just put a little lemon on it, a little salt and that's it. And I would love it. And I still love the taste. So at that point it was great. It gives me a lot of energy and everything, but being a raw vegan gives me a lot of energy as well. And right now I have a mix. I know I have to eat proteins and mostly fat in the mornings. I know I need to keep my legumes down to a bare minimum. I know that I need to keep my starches down to a bare minimum, and that's me. So mine is a little more keto, but it's a difficult keto because it's a keto almost tending to vegetarian, Mm -hmm. and for other people, it's going to be completely keto. For other people, it's going to be completely paleo. We need to figure it out, and this is up to you, and it's up to your value system, and it's up to how you want to live and what you want to achieve. I eat for my brain. Yeah. Yeah, for me, that's the most important thing. My thoughts become my reality. And so if I take care of my thoughts and my thought processes through anything I ingest, whether it's information or food, then I'm as responsible for what goes in as I am for what goes out.
0: Awesome. So before we go, we only have a few minutes left. I just want to touch on some of your other key topics, namely leadership. I just had an episode on leadership featuring the leadership guru, Dove Mm Barron. And we talked a lot about purpose and how through purpose, people can really shine with their talents and succeed and gain a tribe. So can you tell us about your opinion when it comes to purpose and leadership?
1: The purpose is the most important thing. You see, a lot of people think that purpose is their ultimate goal. It's not. It's a lifestyle. So you don't want your purpose to have an end date. You don't want to all of a sudden say, oh, I've achieved my purpose. Because what can we say about a person who's already achieved their purpose?
0: Oh. They're not motivated.
1: It's like good on you. What should we do now bury you if <laughs> you're already there? <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, and th- that's a goal and it could be a vision or it could be a goal But the thing is a purpose drives you every day You know, so my purpose in life now because of course purpose transforms as you grow you can't be inflexible you know, before when I was 18 My purpose was to have the privilege to touch the hearts and change the lives of all the people I had the honor to meet. Then after my accident, it was the same, but then I added, and I wish to help. But now my purpose is to help people create legacies. Transgenerational, transplanetary. I just had a, a conversation with a young lady who's 18 right now and is already being trained to go to Mars in 2033. And I know that her vision is out of this world her vision and her purpose are transplanetary and That's what's important. You know for me My purpose is to help people create true Legacies which transcend their borders and transcend their generations and even transcend our planet That's my purpose in life so anything else, anything that doesn't fit into my purpose and my value systems, I reject. I just sort of, no, nope, that's not for me. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So I end up coaching a whole bunch of people who are doing great environmental movements. You know, sometimes they don't pay so well, but it doesn't matter because we're building legacies.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's important. You mentioned building a tribe. Mm-hmm. This is Okay this is cool but I don't prescribe to that for myself for one particular reason for me being a leader whether it's a thought leader or a leader of a movement or a leader of a country or leader of a company or organization it's not about me it's not about the leader a true leader a transformational leader doesn't have followers a transformational leader does not just lead people a transformational leader serves people and that's what's important and here's the biggest difference a transformational leader will serve people because we know that the most important thing is to lead through empathy and beyond our generation that's how you create real transformation and without purpose you cannot get there and your purpose has to drive you every single day of your life you wake up knowing that you are going to work to make sure your purpose is filled that day and the next day you're going to do the same and because 93 percent of our thoughts are repetitive we're going to make sure that those thoughts that are purpose driven are going to be repetitive Mm. and that's going to drive a legacy beyond your own name
0: That's beautiful. What a great way to close out the show. Thank you so much, Peter. Where can our listeners go to find out more about everything that you do?
1: Well, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And you can just go to my website, www.coachjansen.com. And everything's there. You can also hit me on LinkedIn. It's Pete Jansen on LinkedIn. And that's the one I use mostly.
0: Awesome. And we'll be promoting this episode as usual. So you guys will get his contact information there as well. So thanks so much, Peter. It was a pleasure having you.
1: Thank you very much, Hala. It's really been a pleasure. And like I said, I really love your show and I really love your voice. It's so calming, so soothing and always so clear.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you thanks for listening to young and profiting podcast if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to write us a review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to the show follow yap on instagram at young and profiting and check us out at young and profiting.com and now you can chat live with us every single day on yap society on slack check out our show notes or young and profiting.com for the registration link you can find me on instagram at yap with hala or linkedin just search for my name hala taha big thanks to the Yap team for another successful episode this week I'd like to give a special shout out to Parth who has produced about 20 YouTube videos in the past week to help relaunch our YouTube channel and I'd like to say thank you to our producer Shiv who has been super dedicated to research on this show this is Hala signing off